Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. And I'm Ben. We are, as always, uh, joined by our super producer, Noel Team Gallag Brown. Silent partner, Noel. Silent partner. Yeah, mostly. I think he's made an appearance on the show he a few has. times. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's weighed in. Your other podcast, it's a, it's a frequent thing. You, you have a mm-hmm. little conversation with Noel almost every time, right? Yeah, full disclosure, folks. Uh, Noel and I are co-hosts, along with our friend Matt, a uh, friend of Car Stuff as well, on a show called Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. So if you'd like to hear the voice of the mysterious Noel Brown, uh, mm-hmm. please tune in. And a rich and resounding voice it is. It definitely is. All right, Scott, today we're looking at something semi-topical as we record this, right? Yeah. Uh, so we have done a couple of episodes that touch on things related to this topic. We've looked at a specific rally. Yes. Uh, and we've looked at specific attempts to build cars like this. Yeah, we have. And even... Uh, previous versions of this car, if you want to go that yeah. far, really. Oh, please do. Oh, well, All the I'm, way back to... Uh, well, I'm the original Batmobile mm-hmm. fan. I mean, I think there are a lot of fans uh, in our in our audience that uh, prefer the original over some of the more modern vehicles, you know, mm-hmm. the Tumblr, I guess, mm-hmm. and everything in between. Uh, even going back to the one that... Uh, what, what, when would it have been? Like in the late 80s with uh, with Michael Keaton? Michael Keaton? Yeah. Oh, the really long Yeah, there are fans yeah. of that one, too. And I've, uh, you know, you go to Autorama or whatever, and you can yeah. see versions of this and, you know, various car shows or people have, um, uh, you know, I think wasn't that one. There was a, a prize maybe for that one. You could win that Batmobile. I yes. Believe, yeah. Uh, at one point. And that was probably in the mid 90s, if I had to guess, or maybe the early 1990s when it was really at its its peak of uh, popularity. Yeah. But, I can't but, remember how that co- uh, how that contest went, but I believe you were right, Scott. There was a contest. What was it? Just because it was the 90s, it makes me think of Pepsi points or something. <laughs> you know what's funny? I was thinking the same thing. I thought it was somehow associated with like a, a brand like that, like yeah. Pepsi or whoever was a sponsor, you know, a sponsor of that. Um, but but I, I got to say, I'm a I'm a, an original Batmobile fan. Oh yeah, of course, you're old school. You know, the old Futura model that they mm-hmm. had that created the Varus creation. Uh, but this one that we're talking about today is actually. Um, it's, it's of the newest one, the Tumblr, right? But it's but it's its own thing. It's not exactly exactly like the Batmobile. It's, right. it's a version of that, and it doesn't look exactly like the Tumblr version of the Batmobile. The Tumblr version of the Batmobile, to which we refer, it comes to us from the most recent Batman trilogy under Christopher Nolan. So Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises, uh, and another one. <laughs> Yeah, and and of course, there's a video game. Right. Uh, it's called Arkham Knight, the Arkham Knight game, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where the name of this vehicle comes from. It's it's built by a a Swedish company. Right, named uh, Caresto. Caresto, and then they just call it simply the Caresto Arkham car. And the reason there, there's a tale here about why the the team that drives this car uh, t- 
Team Galag, G-A-L-A-G, uh, there's a reason that they went with this design based on this video game. Now, Scott, you know we have some gamers in the audience, so you guys, ladies and gentlemen, already know what we're talking about. This was not what they originally wanted to do, was it? No, they had an, another design in mind, and uh, that was way back in way back in 2014. It was built. Oh, sure. It was, it was built. And it's non-fictional. Was, it's not vaporware. I won't say that everything was fine with it, because uh, the initial intent of this was <laughs> that um, it was to race, or not race, it, should, it was to participate mm. in the Gumball 3000 rally. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Gumball 3000, that's something we've talked about in the past. In uh, 2009, we had a Gumball right. 3000 episode. If you want to learn about that, you can go back and listen to that one. Mm-hmm. A lot of the history, the founder, and you know what it's all about. Um some of that is uh, is evergreen. Some of that's uh, maybe, maybe we need to do an update pretty soon. How about I think that? we should. I yeah. think we should because the gumball rally recently occurred. Yeah, it was, it was uh, pretty recent, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, maybe we'll do that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> maybe it's coming. All right. So, anyways, the, the Gumball 3000 2014 was set to have this uh, this, this tumbler vehicle, this uh, Batmobile replica, really, mm-hmm. that was supposed to run in the event uh, in... in um, it was built by a, guy, a company here in the United States, I believe, called Parker Brothers Concepts. And it was out of Florida, and it had a 6.2-liter V8 with about 400 horsepower. And there's, uh, you know, speculation, or there were there were uh, mentions, I guess, that it was created by using photos and clips from the Dark Knight movies. And it became kind of a, uh, a symbol of, of well, in this article here that I'm reading, it says it became kind of a symbol of the opulence and ridiculousness that surrounds the gumball and its associated events. Now, Ooh, shots fired. This is coming from. I'll tell you where I'm reading from. This is from Jalopnik and and uh, an article back in 2014. And I'll tell you, Jalopnik is not a friend of the gumball rally. They are they, not fans. They do not like it. And uh, there's a bunch of reasons for that. There's a bunch of reasons that um, you know people don't like it. There's a bunch of reasons that people do like it. But, but we uh, have to do the update now. Yeah, I know. Because we didn't really talk about that in the 2009 episode. No, there are two sides of the coin here. Yeah, I, I think there's two for sides, sure. and, and it's all in how you look at it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so this team Galag is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Team Galag, they're out of, uh, they're a Saudi Arabian. Um, yeah, team. they're two, uh, Saudi Arabian princes are the, uh, I guess, oh, I, I hate the, the poor use of language, but they're the principals of the team. Oh, you okay. know? So they're the head drivers, they're the top guys. Got it, but there's a team underneath them that's a support sure. team, right? Right, right. Okay, so they're having this, uh, this vehicle specially built by Parker Brothers Concepts. And I get, I guess they found out along the way that, you know, once the, the final product was delivered, mm-hmm. which was about a year ahead of time, uh, they, they realized that it was just inferior quality. It wasn't going to be able to make it in this rally. It wasn't going to be able to hold up to the yeah. demands of this rally. And, uh, that happens sometimes with custom cars. But what you do then is you fine tune it. You take it back and you say, sure. here's what I don't like about it. Here's what I do like about it. This has to be changed according to the rally rules or, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, of course, these rallies, that we're, the rally that we're talking about goes across continents. Right. So you need to take that into account that you have to adhere to safety standards or whatever is required there. So that might be part of it here as well. But there were, um, in addition to quality issues, there were also uh, what uh, Team Galag said were all sorts of improprieties on the Parker brothers' behalf as well. Hmm. So, okay, and just to give you an idea of where this this is going, of course, yeah. I said it's from Jalopnik, and they don't like this. Right. The title of the article, and I'll, I'll censor it. We are a family show. I will censor it, Mr. but it's not censored online. It says, organizers say Tumblr Batmobile replica too, let's say, crappy. Too uh, shifty. Yeah. <laughs> to race the gumball. So that's the tar- article, article title if you want to look it up. But So here's the... Charges, I guess, levied against them, right. although it's not official, not really a court case or anything like that, I don't think. Um, and again, back in 2014, it says, due to the substantial work put into it, the tumbler can't take part in the gumball. Parker Brothers Concepts have been given a year to fix the issues that were faced last year, but chose not to do the work until it was too late to make any difference. Can you believe that? They had a year to, to, you know, be shown on a, uh, on a worldwide stage, really. Um, and they didn't do anything. So we've been misled many times, and we're told that progress is being made and chose to put our trust in their word. Unfortunately, even after many conversations regarding the preparation of the tumbler, they had chosen not to work on it and instead use that crucial time in order to promote themselves using our property. These are strong words, Ben. Oh, wow. They are also refusing to hand over the license plates in order to be able to drive the tumbler legally on the road. 
we have never dealt with such a lack of professionalism and integrity as we have with these people. We apologize if this disappoints any of you, but trust us, we really tried to get it done for the rally, but they had uh, worked hard and succeeded in preventing us from doing so. So it's like they're, man, it's like they were, they had something against them, almost like a vendetta, like they, uh, yeah. they decided they weren't going to do it in time, just on purpose. Um, that's according to the Team team Galag site. Um, it's crazy. I mean... It and sounds even, like there's more to the story. Well, even Jalopnik has to admit this. They say the whole situation is a shame, I think, and regardless of how you might feel about the gumball itself, I thought the Tumblr replica was a great idea and probably a lot of fun to drive. It's a letdown for any spectators that wanted to see it, too. So even Jalopnik gives this one a fair shake. <laughs> right. Later we'll we'll find there are many other uh, criticisms of the event. But, <laughs> but even Jalopnik uh, was saying, like, that's a shame because I'd like to see that on the road. It's, a, it's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Now we've got a vehicle, I guess, that uh, that is much more successful, and it was built by that company that we mentioned earlier on called Caresto. Yes, Caresto uh, started in 1996 by a fellow named Leif Tufison. Uh, he has been running this, uh, you know, since the mid 90s. You might hear that they went official in 97. Well, here's what they do: they restore classic cars and then they design and build hot rods. This is an interesting company, and I think that the founder's story, where he came from. Is also interesting. You mind if I take just a moment and mention just uh, like quick? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and, and chime in because he's like, got chops. He really does. Yeah, I mean, since uh, you said it was mid nineties about when this happened, right? But back in his teenage years, mm-hmm. uh, this guy he <laughs> he worked he worked rebuilding mopeds, and after a couple of years of rebuilding mopeds, and he decided to start to modify cars. Now remember where he is? He's in Sweden, right? Right. So. I'm thinking, because the way that it's mentioned here in his bio, is that he was modify cars, these the slow-moving vehicles that were used by young teenagers. Mm-hmm. Now, do you remember those, what we're talking about? Uh, yes, it's the it's that whole subculture. A-tractors. Yes. Yeah, the A-tractors that, that kids that don't have a, a legal license yet are allowed to drive Which on roads. A, it's a, that's a cool episode. It, it is. It's a car stuff episode. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and search for A-tractors, you'll find it. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating subculture and, and really... An, a unique loophole. That he is thought. a dyed-in-the-wool true believer because he also uh, he also started modifying cars with speaker systems and stereos <laughs> as he got older. Yeah. But then eventually, in his grown-up life, he began working with Volvo. Yeah, this is pretty interesting. Mid-90s, so 1995, he starts to work with the research and development department in Volvo. And it's kind of like, you know, the idea of, um, well, it's where they take like the concepts and the ideas and they make them a reality. So they actually build what they're, what they're dreaming up. Right. At this place. So interesting idea. And he starts along the way, like while he's working at Volvo, he starts to build cars for himself. And that's where this, uh, this starts to begin. His, and, his first built cars, I guess. And before then, he was with Koenigsegg. Yeah, that's right. It, oh, yeah, that's right. You know what? I didn't, forgot to even mention that. Um, for like six years. Yeah, that's he right. He was developing with them. I don't know if it was before. Was it before that or was it just after? I think he started with Volvo and then he went on to Koenigsegg or uh-huh. am I, if I get that backwards? I don't know. Time is a watercolor in the rain. <laughs> well, either way, he's got, uh, he's got, um, six years of experience with Koenigsegg as well. Mm-hmm. And while he was there, he still was, you know, interested in, um, uh, the Volvo cars, of course, because right. he builds something that, and this is something that made the rounds on the blogs and, you know, Tumblr pages and everything back. I would say, uh, I can't think of when this was, maybe like mid-2000, mid-2000. The aughts? Yeah, the aughts, I guess. I I have a hard time with how, how to describe the first 10 years of the 2000s. I am so fond of calling them the aughts, but it doesn't work. Other people don't buy it. <laughs> so mid-2000 aughts, sure. I guess we'll say. Thanks, uh, he built something called the Volvo T6 Roadster. And uh, this is one that it got a lot of press. It got a lot of people to look at it. It's very interesting design, really cool. And um, matter of fact, not just you know the bloggers and everybody thought it was cool. Hot Rod Magazine gave it the Hot Rod of the Year award. So this is yeah. a huge award for this Back guy. Back in uh, four, <laughs> in two thousand four, <laughs> I'll cut it out. But <laughs> they had yeah, and it's a, it's a great vehicle. It's got a six cylinder engine, twin turbochargers, and there's there's a lot of shared DNA with existing Volvo models. Uh, but he built this thing. And I think we got our answer here because I think that he built that while he was working at Koenigsegg. So I think uh, the answer is that he did Volvo, then Koenigsegg, and then while he's at Koenigsegg, did this, this roadster that won, you know, the, uh, the hot rod of the year, and then decided to jump full, you know, full on into his own company. You know, You're he's absolutely gonna build right. He's going to do this Caresto thing. You're absolutely right because Christian von Koenigsegg himself hunted the guy down. Okay. That's it. Then. Uh, so. 
He started there as a mechanic, became the workshop manager, then product manager, and then finally became like the head of the development department before he left. One thing that's fascinating about Caresto, I think, I think it's super cool when companies are able to do this. They don't want to make a production vehicle with a even like a homologation run. Yeah. They want to make small batches of super cars or 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 flawlessly restored originals. And, and that's accurate. He they build they build very very few. It's almost a it's sort of a boutique idea only mm-hmm. even even smaller, I think. I this is guys more it's more like just a builder really that you go to and have a, a almost a like a custom com- coach builder. Yeah, project commissioned specifically yeah. for you. And and again, that's sort of a boutique idea but not exactly. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the lo- the numbers that he's producing are very, very low. Some are special order, um, you know, for individuals. We'll we'll cover this in just a moment because there's one guy that's come back for at least a couple of cars, um, you know, a, a Swede that is uh, also an enthusiast and mm-hmm. uh, has a lot of money to spend and some amazing vehicles. So um, the idea is, though, that they offer offer special projects, prototype parts, and, and concepts. And we're talking about cars that look like supercars. They can create... A supercar from nothing, from just just your idea, right? Um, everything, all the CNC work, the carbon fiber, the carbon fiber work, the mechanicals, everything. They build the entire thing. The cars are hand built, uh, very minimalistic in a lot of cases, but um, still, what they say, you know, they still have a kind of an elegant style and exacting to uh, you know customer specific requirements. Whatever they want is what they get, and this is a very hands on process between Caresto. And the individuals that come to him for these mm-hmm. projects. Now they do have, as you mentioned, a few lines of vehicles, and I'm trying to think of the name of one right now. I'm going to find it. It's the um, uh, they have a Speedster model. They have sure. um, oh, shoot, hang on, I got it right here. The Cresto Sports Rod. That's the one I'm thinking of. The ah, Sports yes. Rod is something that uh, can be a little bit more. Um, I don't know, not not production, but. Um, small run, small batch car, I sure. guess maybe, but, yeah. but you can customize that however you want. I, I read that you can put a, um, an electric motor in it. You can put any kind of engine that you want in it at all. Um, you mm. can have the interior customized you want because they do custom interiors as well. They do parts, as we said, um, you know, prototype parts. So mm-hmm. if you have a specific need for a car that you already have, uh, you can have them fill that need. And they've got a, a long list of, and I don't even have a printout of this because there's so many, but right. they showed some examples of, you know, suspension components or um, interior components and, and buttons and knobs and, you know, all types of um, um, exterior ornamentation and things that, you know, right. people wanted on their on their, their specialty vehicle that they were able to create. And not only that, they can do full interiors. Uh, <laughs> really, every detail is well thought out, and that's what makes them really good at interior work as well. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. (sighs) 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. So let's talk a little bit more specifically about the Arkham car. Yes. So the Arkham car, this, this is an interesting story. So Team Gellog is looking for, they, they still want this Batmobile, right? Still have the dream. Still have the dream. They're not going to give up because uh, they built one baseball field and not everybody came. <laughs> so anyone else old enough to appreciate my I, uh, flawless I, Kevin Costner reference? I appreciate it. Appreciates a tricky word. <laughs> Give me a lot of things. Anyway, point being, they didn't did not give up, and so they went to find another design. And it looks like what they traced it back to is they said, "Well, we aren't getting along with this company, Parker, and we also have some fundamental concerns about the design. So let's go with a different design, and let's go with a different company." And so here is what. Uh, here's what Caresto, the folks at Caresto said. They said, you know, we're going to build this. We've got the specs. We've got the CAD parts. Let's talk about what you want ornamentation-wise. Let's talk about what we need function-wise. And you know where the best place for us to start would be, they said? Where? A Lamborghini Gallardo. Hmm. Not a bad place to start, I think. Right. Yeah, they took the chassis of it and they Frankensteined the heck out of the out of the thing because what I would love to do what I would love to do if we have time on social media when this podcast comes out is to have a side by side picture gallery so that we can see just a factory Giardo and then the Arkham car. Oh, yeah, dramatically different. It is so much, especially the wheels. Yeah, well, they've also stretched it too, right? Yeah. Because it's a, it's a big car. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mentioned, and of course, all these uh, these measurements are in meters, but I've uh, I've, I've adjusted that. So uh, they say it's a huge car with the wheelbase. Now, the wheelbase. Remember, this is between the wheels. So uh, center, you know, center wheel center to wheel center uh-huh. is three point four meters. That's eleven feet two inches in between the wheels. So it's really really been stretched, and it's also wide. It's eight feet two inches wide, or two point five meters wide. So this is like a. It, it takes up the full lane, basically. Mm. And it's an enormous vehicle. Yeah. So when you see it, you're impressed by the footprint of the thing. It also uh, it, it also keeps that enormous V10 engine. Oh yeah, it's a huge V10. Right. Well, five hundred sixty horsepower, which mm-hmm. is uh, that's, that's what comes in the Gallardo, right? Yeah. So it's a it's a big strong vehicle. I guess it, it probably needs a big strong V10 to power this thing because it's it is a huge vehicle. Um, and but the thing is though, Ben, I, I think it's carbon fiber, right? Yeah, it's the body is carbon fiber. So what a blast would this thing would be to drive because mm-hmm. it's it's also lightweight. Yeah, it's it's lightweight, so the handling we already know is far superior to the uh, tumbler version. And when they made it, I mean, it's interesting to see the way they made it. They start out with, I think it looked like a styrofoam mold, mm-hmm. uh, over which they laid, I believe it was uh, fiberglass, you know, and all this stuff is then CNC machined down so that it got you know the, the right uh, surface that they they were expected mm-hmm. out of it, and um, and then they over top of that, then that was cre- used to create the the uh, carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. Mold that they then used to create the body. So um, I, I'm probably skipping some steps along the way and oversimplifying that because that is a difficult process. Uh, it has flamethrower exhaust. Flame, it has throw that in. Does it really? <laughs> yes. Now we see flamethrower exhaust in a lot of uh, a lot of hot rods, mm-hmm. and occasionally we'll see it on like maybe some import tuner cars or something. You know, where the people try to do that kind of thing. Yeah, it's, but it's, I think you're right. It's majority hot rods. It's a better fit for hot rods and even some motorcycles. I think I've seen with with flamethrower exhaust, which Kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, if the exhaust is far enough back, they can do it. Uh-huh. But 
you know, for the for the Batmobile, it seems to fit, doesn't it? I mean, we always see the Batmobile with uh, with jet engines ablaze at the back, and mm-hmm. uh, this makes sense. Yeah, and the way that it operates, at least to get in and out of the vehicle, it has the entire uh, canopy moves back, and it's on a forward-facing hinge. Oh, that's kind of cool. You know, so the entire thing lifts up. Is there a there was a there was an old kit car. Yeah, that I, that I think was called the Aztec. I'm pretty sure it was called the Aztec, and I've only seen one of these ever that that uh, that has that. And it, oh wait, that's funny. That's Aztec. I didn't even think of that. That mm. matches up with the uh, the Pontiac vehicle. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Are you sure you're not thinking of the Canyonero? No, no, definitely not the Canyonero. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's an Aztec, and it's a very futuristic looking design, of course, with this big canopy that was mm-hmm. like a hydraulic canopy that lifted up. I've seen one in person. If, if I'm getting the name right, I hope I am. Uh, but I've seen only one in person. It was a little bit rough, not not finished. It was a gas station here in it was in Roswell. Really? And that's the only one I've ever seen in my life, and I've never seen that one ever again. I don't know if it's just parked in someone's garage or it what. might be a garage, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You know, I am envious at times because you live in a part of our city where where you're just much more likely to see some exotic cars and to see some cherry classics. It seems like that because I'm, I'm, I'm in a suburb north of the city. And it seems like not where I live by any means, not my neighborhood, but I mean, <laughs> north of there, there's a lot of like farm property and some mm-hmm. big estate type homes. And I think a lot of the people that are here in town, like sports figures and, uh, you know, recording artists or whoever sure. is in Atlanta, because yeah. Atlanta is yeah. a, a big growing city. It's like six and a half million people. Well, everybody heard you moved here. Well, <laughs> it's getting crowded. <laughs> It's not so much that bad. But, but in that area, you're kind of close to the mountains. You're close to the, uh, the big lake, which is Lake Lanier. Uh-huh. Um, you've got, uh, you know, some property. You've got, you know, some space to move. You're not constantly, you're not in the city. And I know they have, you know, condos or whatever there as well. But, uh, I think a lot of people have kind of like an, uh, hard to met. They have an estate home that's, you know, at the base of the mountains and, you know, right. and around all that stuff. And they've got these toys and they sometimes have to get them fueled up and they bring them into the gas station where I happen to go. And I see a lot of this stuff or, you know, they bring them to the repair shop that I have to pass every day because they, um, kind of a specialty shop that fixes everything. And they've uh-huh. got a lot of unique toys there all the time. I've, I've seen cars there that I swear are like 1960s, uh, you know, Concept vehicles from auto shows and things. It's amazing what you'll find outside of these little shops. Wow. Um, if you get just outside of the city, it's, mm-hmm. it's incredible. If you get just outside of the city. Too that's many the tangents, end. Ben. <laughs> Too yeah. many tangents. Well, that's, I, I think that's an important point that I will tie in. Oh, good with, luck. Uh, yeah. With an incredibly reasonable segue, which is speaking of a long way, <laughs> one of the big differences between the Tumblr version and the the Tumblr version of the Batmobile and the Arkham car uh, seems to be the ability to drive long distances mm. consistently and comfortably. Yeah. So one thing that they hit on in the press releases for the Arkham car are that uh, it includes amenities. Well, this was built specifically for the Gumball 3000, right? Yes. Knowing that they were going to be traveling 3000 miles across Europe, mm-hmm. that uh, this was this was uh, it needed to be almost like a like a GT car, like a grand touring car. Yeah. In that uh, you know it needed to be comfortable as well as you know extremely powerful and 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 plus you know, be able to, to handle, you know, just that that type of punishment that that thing was going to get, you know, on that trip because it's not an easy trip to make. No, no. So it's understandable why they would build in amenities and, and some comforts along the way. Now, other people that have come to Caresto um, have had less comfortable rides. Uh, there is uh, I'll just mention this right now sure. while we're talking about it. There's a, a guy named John Olson who has ordered a, at least a couple of cars from Caresto in the past. He is a skier and car enthusiast from Sweden, and he had a couple of different cars built for the gumball as well. At least one car built for the gumball, and it was called the Rebellion R2K. And the Rebellion R2K looks a lot like a 24-hour Le Mans prototype car, uh-huh. but but for the road, which is really really cool. It looks almost identical to that, but it's a street car. Very Ooh. very cool. And he had another one built not for the rally, but just for himself. I think the same guy, John Olson. Um, again, Swedish gear. He uh, he had something. They used a an R, an Audi RS6 vehicle as kind of the base mm-hmm. and it was an avant so a wagon and he had it created into kind of a dtm car now dtm is the um 
Oh, what is DTM? That is the German Touring Car Master Series, and they've got a very uh, like low, wide, uh, very aggressive look to them. Uh, mm-hmm. All these DTM cars do, and he wanted this RS6 uh, to be a DTM lookalike car, but with an Avant body. It's very cool. It's an interesting idea. It's got uh-huh. something like, of course, you know, the original has 560 horsepower. They bumped this up. They did modifications to the uh, to the engine. They bumped it up to something like 900 horsepower. So it's a it's a strong strong vehicle to the street. But um, again, this is the second car that he had built for them. And if there are others along the way, I I, I missed. I don't, I don't know because they've got a bunch of different vehicles like the uh, the Hot Rod Jacob. They've got the Caresto V8 Speedster. Um, going through my list here, they've got mm-hmm. all kind. Of, I think I mentioned the. Uh, um, Oh, what was that other one? I keep forgetting the name of it. The sports, uh, the, the sports rod. Um, the, the, he's done a bunch of, of course, Volvo cars because that's his his base, his his heritage, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, the XC90. There's a V70 that they've updated. Most of those were um, cosmetic changes. And then I think maybe one of the coolest ones. If you want to look another one up, yeah. Um, the Caresto XC60 six wheeler, and this is a a, a crazy. Idea. I mean, it's it's an interesting idea, and it was very very practical actually in in its purpose. Um, I've got this one highlighted here because I wanted to talk about it for sure. Uh-huh. It's a it's a camera car, a photography car. They've uh, they put a big they take a, a wagon, an XC ninety. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, an XC sixty. Okay. And they completely cut it, you know, cut it all down into uh, almost like you do like with a rat rod or something. You know, like where you just gut the whole thing basically. Uh, they have. Fitted it with a flatbed and extra extra wheel axle. So again, six wheels on this thing. The roof has been heavily reinforced with carbon fiber. There's platforms uh, both on the flatbed and, and on the roof, and they're non-slip. There are points to attach, you know, photography equipment, and several there's several sets of power outlets on this vehicle. Hmm. Um, it's really an interesting idea. If you ever seen a camera car that they use in Hollywood, yeah, this is like a um, almost like a. I want to say a hot rod version of it, but it's a, a slimmed down version. It's not the enormous big vans that they convert right. or, you know, the, the, uh, um, the, the step side trucks or anything like that. This is, uh, just a, built out of a Volvo wagon and the car's painted flat black and in a matte finish so that it won't reflect in other cars. Um, it, it, it's got caps for the headlights so that those don't, uh, you know, cause any problem. It's really an interesting vehicle. If you want to look it up again, it's called the, um, it's called the Caresto XC60 six-wheeler, and uh, it's, an, it's an interesting thing. You can see photos of the entire build of this thing, as you can all the other vehicles, including you know, yeah. the Arkham car. You can get an up-close look at that, uh, including sports rod. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. One, one thing specifically that interested me from a tech perspective about the Arkham car was the use of 3D printing. Hmm. Right. Uh, specifically, the steering wheel cover, of course, there's – I don't think we've mentioned this yet. The entire interior has this Batman theme as well. So there's the Batman logo etched into the steering wheel and then on the seats of the vehicles and the – you know, they have that nice gold stitching or yellow stitching. You know, can, I, can I ask you a quick question about this? Because you, you've said, uh, were there more 3D printed parts or not? Because I, I have something I want to mention about the interior that I think is really interesting. Into, uh, what is it? It is that the, is it, see, it's see-through. See-through fabric. Yeah, it is see-through fabric. And I'll, re- I'll read it to you from the description right. here. Okay. This okay. is interesting. The inside of the car, driver and passenger can enjoy, oh, you know what, I should tell you up front. This is a translation of the of the Swedish site, so, oh, okay. uh, so if I read this and it sounds a little weird, it's because of the translation. All right. Inside the car, the driver and the passenger can enjoy the interior in a combination of black soft leather and see-through fabric, all kept together by golden stitches. And the purpose behind that is that when uh, when you open the doors, the interior lights up in the seats, floors, and the pedals when the cockpit opens. So uh, all this is you know electrically operated. You know that when you open the doors. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is a light, including the seats. And you can see that in pictures of the interior, especially the, the pedals and the dash, because there are these, uh, orange, like these, these orange pads. Well, I have, I have some questions for you about this car. First, would you drive it? Would I drive it? For a long distance. Would you drive it for a rally? I, you know what? This car would garner so much attention that I would be uncomfortable driving it. I like driving something unusual and, and a little different, you know, right. like maybe a, a British sports car around. But you'd be pulled over by people who just wanted to talk to you. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. And, but I think that that would wear thin. I think that, you know, for a rally, sure, you know, for this gumball rally, sure. that's exactly what they're going for. They're going for this, you know, the, uh, the, the flash, right? Mm-hmm. The style. Right. But I think that outside of that, I wouldn't drive it. I don't think it would be, a, um, of course, not a daily driver, but even on a weekend, you know, it might be just a little too much for me. Mm. What do you think? Would you drive it? I'd have to give it a go at least once. Sure. If for nothing more than the photo opportunities. But would you, would you want to drive it all the way across Europe in a rally? See, that's where I'm still... That's that's where I'm still kind of on the fence, Scott, because if you look at it, it its profile is super low. Mm-hmm. It's still what they did was they put, you know, they put these 26 inch wheels on a, a heavily, heavily uh, modified. Well, I can't we can't even call it modified No, on, on a pretty much new vehicle based on the Lamborghini. But it's already so, so low slung that when when you sit in i almost want to call it a cockpit when you sit in the driver's seat those wheels are going to be eye level uh and that i want to say that that will help with handling and the the top speeds in excess of 200 miles per hour but uh well i don't know man i don't know if i would it's well, you're, just you're right about the hand i mean if if it's an extremely low center of gravity yeah. that's going to help of course yeah I think there's a benefit to be able to see where the wheels are when you're cornering in a car like this because it's so big. Sure. Um, it's enormous in size. That, That's that, another thing. It's kind of big. Well, that dimension that I mentioned, you know, the uh, 11 feet 2 inches between the wheels, that doesn't account for overhang on the front or the back. I don't know how much – I'm trying to – Right, that's not a tip to tail. No, to no, tail. and you know that's to be honest, that's not a whole lot longer, really. I mean, no. there's uh, 
I'm trying to find a, a photo over here right now, but I don't have one. Um, how much is in front of those wheels and how much is in back of those wheels? Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. I don't remember. I think the back wheels are almost right at the back of the vehicle. To be yeah, fair. yeah, where yeah. they're they're located very close to the end. Yeah. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna change my answer, Scott, and I'm gonna <laughs> say yes. I would at least give it a shot driving across Europe. That's one of those opportunities that, when presented, uh, must be accepted. As uh, Marlon Brando said, an offer you can't refuse. I think you're right. I think that, you know, for something like that, and that's kind of what's expected out of that thing anyway, out of that rally. Mm-hmm. So that's a good fit. But if you're just a guy that's decided to take a road trip across Europe in this on his own, uh, you might get some raised eyebrows. I mean, but people are going to think it's cool. It's definitely an, an interesting-looking vehicle, and it's well done. It's well executed. Yeah. It looks great. It's it's almost more a work of art than it is a viable vehicle for most people. I feel the same way, that, uh, you know, Team Galag is going to put it in a showroom somewhere or maybe even, you know, take it to a museum mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, it's more, more going to be on display than it is driven, probably. And it might be added to another... Uh, it, You know, it might be just the newest addition in some treasure trove of cars, because as we know, uh, as we know, Team Galag is from a part of the world where there are some stunning and astonishing car collections. Yeah, some uh, some collections that range into the uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of vehicles. So uh, many of which are custom. It is a possibility that this thing will either be sold or traded, or or it could already be part of a big collection. We don't know. So Team Galag Caresto. If you are listening, hello, it's your friends over at Car Stuff. Uh, we'd love to hear more about your collections of cars. And an opportunity to drive it. Oh, yeah. Well, Scott. Why not? If it's going to be stateside ever. Yeah. You know, maybe just uh, send a note our way. Well, you're the more responsible of our duo. <laughs> uh, listeners may be interested to hear that off air for several years now, uh, I've, I've, found the comparison. Scott, you're kind of the Walter White, and I'm sort of the Jesse Pinkman <laughs> oh, boy. of this endeavor. Oh, I'm uncomfortable with this comparison. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all, all to say, though, if if, if there's going to be wait one a, of us... Wait a minute. I'm just putting this together now. What does that really mean? <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. moving on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. We can't spoil the show for those folks. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, I, I, I would, in all honesty, though, I, I would love to take a swing and driving something like that. Can you imagine just getting out on an open track or getting out on the salt flats? Oh, yeah. That'd be yeah. fun. I guess where uh, there's no no curbs to worry about, no right. uh, no, no pressure from onlookers. No other, no pedestrians, no civilians in cars, because that's another thing. They're taking this, they have taken this amazing vehicle out on public roads in Europe. So this is a vehicle that is a beast, you know, and it can reach... Again, in excess of 202 miles, the... Well, you don't have to go that fast, Ben. Oh, yeah, okay, sure. Gotta, in gotta... theory, you don't have to go that fast. <laughs> you have to temper yourself. You have to, uh, you have to, you have to rein it in. Rein it in. Alright, well... But, but I see what you mean. It's got great potential. It's just that on, maybe on the European public roads, it's not the, the greatest place to, uh, to exploit that potential. Especially considering how European law enforcement looks at the gumball rally. Well, yeah, okay. That's the other thing is that <laughs> you may be tempted to say Autobahn, right? Because everybody's gonna say, everybody's gonna say take it to the Autobahn and you know, right, really right. let it go. But, uh, there's some, uh, they're, they're hamstringing that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the best way to say it. And we'll maybe touch on that later at some point. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I think we should touch on that in our update on the Gumball 3000. Boy, we're really promising this now. We better come through. Yeah, we better not, uh, we better not break our word. Okay. Right? Yeah, it's probably, probably a good idea. Well, before we get to that, Scott, we have something that's been a long time in coming, uh, and long time listeners, you may recognize the return of this segment, Listener Mail. All right, Ben, we've got a letter here that comes from Sam T. Uh, this comes uh, from the end of April this year. <laughs> That's unusual for us, right, to, to get to a note uh, you know, that early. But Yeah, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and actually, by the time this airs, it'll be a while, actually, before the answer comes. But uh, sorry about that, Sam. But anyways, uh, here's, the, here's the note. Yeah. I recently started listening to your show on my previous mundane daily commute. I got all the way through the car battery episode and was curious about the concrete floor myth. Growing up, I've always been told, never set a car battery down on a concrete floor because it will kill a battery. Mm, I've mm -hmm. never really questioned it, but your episode got me thinking. Will placing a car battery on a concrete floor kill it? And if so, how? 
Thanks so much for all you do, Sam. Interesting. Oh, okay, Thanks Sam. for writing, so, Sam. Yeah, we appreciate the uh, the note, and uh, yeah, that myth has been around for a long, long time. Yeah. I, I mean, a really long time. And I I found the answer. I didn't know the answer myself, so I had to look it up. So mm-hmm. I, I went to um, the greatest source available to me right now, which is Google, and uh, you know, looked at many, many different places. Uh huh. And I uh, found a few different theories about this, but here's uh, here's the best one, the best answer, I think. And uh, this comes from a place called Ask the Experts. Mm-hmm. And uh, the author is Dan Fink. So if you want to point fingers on this one, go to da- back to Dan Fink. But here's the answer that Dan gives. The short answer is that letting modern batteries sit on a concrete floor does not harm or discharge them in any way. But here's the crit- critical point, is that the legend is historically based on fact. Mm-hmm. The first lead-acid batteries consisted of glass cells that were enclosed in tar-lined wooden boxes. So that's a lot different than what we have now, right? Yeah. A lot different. Yeah. A damp concrete floor would eventually cause the wood to swell, breaking the glass inside. So that makes perfect sense. That does. And that also, uh, also uh, for a time, car batteries were encased in hard rubber. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that's coming up. The yeah. Edison cell, uh, which is the nickel-iron battery. Uh, this preceded the rubber case battery that we're talking about, was encased in steel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, this, this Edison cell encased in steel. And the problem was that, you know, those that weren't isolated in crates would discharge on, co- on concrete easily as well. Um, later, the cases used these kind of, as you mentioned, Ben, these primitive hardened rubber, yeah. uh, which was a little bit more porous and it could contain lots of carbon as well. So a moist concrete floor combined with the carbon in the battery could cause or create an electrical current between the cells, which would in turn discharge them. So also, you know, right up to that point, we're still talking about batteries that could be discharged on concrete. So yeah. this is like three different generations of batteries so far. That where it have, was true. Where it was true, yeah. So, But here we are in the modern day, and this is where it varies. It's not a problem with modern batteries anymore. You can put them on a hard concrete floor and be perfectly fine. They're encased in hard plastic shells right now, and in fact... Concrete is actually generally an excellent surface to place a battery on now because it keeps it nice and cool. In gen- I mean, again, in general, um, you know, if it's a hot garage or whatever, this helps to uh, kind of mitigate that heat that's in the air, uh, keeps it at more of a stable temperature. I know that it warms up as well, but not quite as much. And of course, there's no problem with discharging the cells on a uh, on a battery that has a hard plastic shell like they do now. So you're you're perfectly fine in storing it on a concrete floor now, mm-hmm. as long as you're not storing a battery that comes from some antique car that is one of these older Edison cells or, you know, the hard rubber or shells. Or, God forbid, wood. <laughs> yeah, if you have that, uh, glass. that tar-lined wooden box, you know, with glass cells, which, uh, I, I mean, there's probably some pre-war cars out there that have that, and, of course, those guys should never put those on... Uh, on a concrete floor, uh-huh. but isn't that interesting? That's uh, that's a, uh, um, I guess the long answer to that whole thing. I mean, I could have just said, you know, you know, you can do it now; it's fine. But that's, I think, that's fascinating. That you know, there were three generations of batteries before mm-hmm. we got to the hard plastic that uh, that was absolutely once true. upon a time. And yeah. and then also, uh, Sam, in an addendum to that, uh, we do have to point out that if if you put a car battery modern or ancient, just on a couple of two-by-fours in your garage, it's not going to hurt it by any means. No, and that's what most people do just for safety, because they think they remember that. And I, I'll tell you why I think that happens, is because they probably have either either parents that are old enough or grandparents that are old enough to remember the old rubber-encased uh, cells. Or even maybe, in some cases, the Edison cell. I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't know possibly. But... Um, it's probably just something that's been passed down that you don't put it on the concrete floor in the garage, and, and that's why. You put it on these two-by-fours, and you're going to be fine. Uh, but that is a uh, a myth that should soon be ending. Yeah, or who knows? Maybe it will just continue into the future, and then hundreds of years from now, people in autonomous, all-electric cars will just refuse to put those batteries on the floor. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, what do you do if you, you know, you've got your, uh, your Tesla battery pack? You have to put <laughs> it on a, a bunch of two-by-fours in the garage? I guess you could throw it right on the concrete. Surely Tesla makes custom two-by-fours. <laughs> <laughs> and, and are they going to be enclo- encased in hard plastic? If they're not... But what if they're encased in rubber or something similar yeah, to that? There's yeah. a chance. So, uh, you know, this this applies to batteries we have now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's a good lesson. So tell your friends. Tell your friends. Yeah. Uh, kill the myth. Tell your friends, kill the myth. Or encourage it and get into the two-by-four business. <laughs> I like the way you think, Ben. <laughs> yeah, in terms of horrible advice. <laughs> <laughs> What's a, a potential moneymaker? 
Well, anyhow, folks, we're going to uh, get out of here. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Uh, go ahead and take a look, if you have a second, uh, at the Arkham car. We want to know your thoughts. Yeah, look through the gallery at uh, the Caresto site. Um, mm-hmm. The gallery has all of the vehicles, and there must be there's more than a dozen. Right. And you can also look at the uh, the specialty parts that I mentioned. You can also yeah. look at the interiors that I mentioned. It's really a fascinating place. And, and their hot rods are beautiful. They really are. Some of them are really, really cool. I, I like what they do there. Mm-hmm. And uh, let let us know what what you think about this car. And I'm I'm also interested. This Now, this might be a dangerous question to ask, Scott. But I'm also interested in hearing what you folks think about spending an amount of money. In pers- uh, this has to be a lot of money. We publicly don't know how much money they spent. But or Team Galag, that is. Oh, okay. But between the two different versions of the Batmobile, how much money do you think they spent? Oh. And do you think, do you think that you would spend that much money? Oh man, if it was available to you. Yeah, really think about it too, because we're talking about two custom-built cars, you know, from scratch. Yeah. And the one, the second one, we know used a Lamborghini Gallardo as a base. Right. So that tells you right along, right there, what, how much they spent for just that. And then all the R&D that goes along with that, you know, to stretch it and to, uh, to modify it. Oh my gosh, Ben. I, I don't even know if I want to wager a guess, but I'd love to hear what our listeners have to say. Maybe they got a deal like a scout mob or something. <laughs> Or Groupon. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. <laughs> on custom cars. Uh, yes, do let us know what you think. If you'd like to learn more about the origin of the Gumball Rally, as well as the evolution of the Batmobile, check out our website, carstuffshow.com, where you can hear our podcast on that and many other subjects. Uh, you know, all the way back to our early days when we had a slightly different name. Yeah, we were uh, High Speed Stuff. And if you listen to those, be kind. Man, was that 2007 or 2008? I it was 2008. I, we're eight years on at this point. Wow. It's a long time. You know, uh, it is. <laughs> it doesn't feel like eight years. No, no, it doesn't. But, uh, it's, yeah, if, you're, if you go back and listen to the early ones, uh, it's, it's a slightly different format almost. Even. For sure. Yeah. It, it feels different. Yeah. But uh, I, we can say that the Gumball Rally and the Batmobile episodes are, are, are pretty good. Objectively, they're pretty good. I like them. Yeah, yeah. I, I re-listened to one to make sure that... Uh, I had all my facts straight. Make sure it stands up. Yeah, right. Make sure it stands up before we mention it on air. And speaking of on air, we'd like to thank Sam for writing in and helping us explore the history of the car battery concrete myth, or what was once true and is now a myth. If you have a car myth you'd like us to take a look at, a suggestion for an upcoming episode, or a weird story about someone you met during the gumball rally, we'd love to hear it. You can email us directly at carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit Slack.com to get started. If you're committed to living a healthier life, you might want to look into working herbs into your wellness routine. There's a reason people have trusted them for thousands of years. Nature's Way understands that nature is the ultimate problem solver, and they're constantly inspired by the power of nature. For example, their ginger root and slippery elm bark have been traditionally used for digestive support. And St. John's wort, holy basil, and ashwagandha can provide mood and stress support. And because Nature's Way sources from around the world and does a ton of comprehensive potency and quality testing in their state-of-the-art lab, you can be sure you're getting top-quality herbs. To learn more, visit naturesway.com.